1: done is better than perfect. I don't know, maybe other people have said that too, but I really love going back to look at the pages that I've completed or the albums, like the travel albums that I've completed. I think it's really fun to go back and relive some of those memories and just to see what was happening during those times.
0: Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 123. In this episode, I'm interviewing Jen Wong for the My Way series. My Way is all about celebrating the unique ways memory keepers get things done. We're excited to have Jen as the July featured artist at Simple Scrapper. A selection of her pages served as inspiration for our latest collection of member sketches and templates. My conversation with Jen also prompted one of the activities for our upcoming Refresh Member Retreat. This is a four-day jumpstart for your hobby, and the next session begins on Thursday, July 8th. And now, my conversation with Jen Wong. Hey, Jen. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi. So nice to be here.
0: Yes, uh, Jennifer's are, of course, always my favorite, and I'm looking forward to uh, our conversation and getting to know you a little bit better for another episode in our My Way series. So could you kick things off a little bit by sharing just a peek at who you are?
1: Sure. So um, I'm Jen, of course. I live in uh, Southern California, in San Diego specifically, with my daughter and my partner and my crazy cat. Um, I work full-time during the day as a software engineer, which doesn't leave me a ton of time to do all the scrapbooking that I'd like to. So usually you can find me sacrificing a bit of my sleep to work on my pages.
0: Oh, good to know. So fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, as a full-time worker myself, it's sometimes hard to squeeze those in. I appreciate you taking time out of your day as well to uh, to talk with me on the podcast San Diego is such a beautiful place. I used to live in Riverside, and it was always my, like, we just need to go to San Diego as much as
1: possible. We never went to LA. We just went to San Diego. (laughs) It's definitely nice. I mean, it's nice to be so close to the beach, and the weather is just, um, it's perfect almost all year round. Um, Yeah, I don't have any complaints, and I don't, I'm from LA, actually, so I don't miss the traffic from there. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. So we like to
0: ask our guests every single time, what is one thing that's exciting you now in this hobby? It could be anything, a product, app, class, person, idea, really anything at all.
1: Um, Well something that's been exciting to me recently is photography. Um, I think, of course, most scrapbookers have some kind of appreciation for it. But last year I got married and we hired a professional photographer for that to take our photos. And they were so beautiful that it really got me thinking more about improving my own photography. So recently I've just been practicing and watching a lot of YouTube videos and just trying to get better. And then, of course, I love to take those photos and make layouts with them.
0: Oh, super fun. Are there any like super fun tips that you've learned or great sources for tutorials?
1: Um, I really just love YouTube. Uh, you can (laughs) find all, anything you want on YouTube. Um, uh, I don't know. I've, I've been sort of just looking around at a lot of different types of photography too. Like recently I've been interested in doing a little bit of astro. So I've been, you can like last weekend I went to, I drove like an hour, um, at 10 o'clock to go see if I could try to take pictures of the Milky Way just for fun, just to see if I could do it. Um, I was really scared, actually, when I got there because it was super dark and scary and I was by myself and I'm like, whoa, what if there's like a mountain lion or what if there are crazy people here? Like, I just don't know. But I did get mm-hmm. a few photos and it was kind of fun. Um, uh, so,
0: Yeah. That's super cool. I'm always, like, dragging my family out in the, in the evening to see whatever activity is happening, whether it's, you know, a meteor shower or a, oh, okay. a special satellite or something. And they are so annoyed with me, like, do we have to? And I'm like, yes, for the off <laughs> chance that we might see the Northern Lights, yes, we're going to go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love that stuff. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm all, I'm also, you know, I have just the one child and my husband. And so I'm also making them pose a lot of times for just pictures. And my mm-hmm. daughter is a pretty good sport about it because she's been, she's been in front of a camera for all her life. But my husband is like, really, what do I do now? And so sometimes he's sort of, I don't know, photobombing is the right word, but he's making faces. And I'm like, come on, yeah. come on, look, look normal. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> for sure
0: I also like how so you mentioned astrophotography and then I was also thinking about how when you're trying to learn something new it's really helpful to be specific like don't just search photography tutorials search for like your specific camera or a specific type of thing that you want to learn more about because then you can learn more of the nuances of the the types of lenses that you would use and the settings that
1: work best for that scenario Exactly. And I would say for me, um, I mean, not only do I want to take beautiful pictures of my family, but I'm really into traveling. And so, and we, we try to, you know, travel as much as we're as possible. And so I like to take pictures of landscapes. And then that's actually what led me to think about astrophotography a little bit, because sometimes we're in places where there are dark skies and it's an Mm -hmm. opportunity to try something new there. Oh, so fun. Yes. Are you going on any adventures this summer? I, well, um, I only have one planned so far. I'm sure we will try to get out as much as we can. But um this weekend we're actually going to drive to Yosemite and uh do a couple, do a couple nights of camping there. Oh, so beautiful, awesome, so jealous. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I uh, I only lived there in California for two years, but it was uh, definitely a highlight of my time just because of all of the natural opportunities, um, you know, I've been yeah. in, in the
1: run the gamut from mountains, desert, ocean, everything. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're really lucky here on the West Coast. Um, and then also uh, because we haven't been getting on airplanes for the last year, yes. we've been just doing a lot of road trips, just seeing how far we can go. And also because of, you know, the things that were happening this past year, Um We've been just uh, uh, going to more outside places. So we've done a lot of national parks, actually, in the last six months. We've been to Joshua Tree and a couple of parks in Utah. And now we're going to Yosemite. This will be actually our second visit to Yosemite in the last year. Um, so it's been really fun. Ah, oh, Super cool. So shifting gears to
0: storytelling a little bit, how is there a story that you consider to be on your memory-keeping bucket list? This is usually something a little bit deeper or important, or and it, sometimes it can even be frivolous, but it feels like something that really captures your your life or a part of your
1: story. Sure. Um, so I, I don't know if I can have two, but I'll start with the one yeah, that is probably, <laughs> is probably most important to me. Um, I feel a little... I don't know, ashamed maybe of saying this because I, I don't have any sort of documentation for my daughter for her first year of life. Like most people have mm-hmm. like a baby book or something, but I have nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything written down anyway. I mean, I have tons of photos and I have um, lots of journaling, but the journaling is sort of scattered and is in lots of different places. But, and I just think I was so exhausted that year that I didn't do anything with any of my photos and I wasn't really scrapbooking like I am now. Um, but that is definitely something I want to do because, you know, my daughter will ask me, well, when was I doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. I have to go look that up somewhere in some notes that I don't even know where they are, you know, but I would really mm-hmm. love to have that done. Yeah. And it's not
0: embarrassing at all because I have not finished my daughter's first year of life album and she's okay. almost turning
1: 10. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I don't feel bad about it at all. And what's yeah. your other one? <laughs> so my other one is just, um, you know, I, I really started scrapbooking earnestly when she was born. Um, and so I don't have any documentation really of my life before then. And of course I did have a life before family. Um, so I'd love to have some pages dedicated to like my life as a single woman. Um, just, I, I traveled a lot. I was into doing a lot of other things. Um, I just want some stories from back then.
0: Oh, that could be a really fun, like mini album project. And Uh, photo book maybe like there's so Mm -hmm. many fun ways you could approach that i love things that have boundaries so that you can look back and just make it a project so Mm -hmm. that sounds fun so this is one of our my way series episodes we like to peel back the curtain on your process you're one of our featured artists and so we're excited to have you on board um can you share a little bit about how you started scrapbooking
1: Yep. Um, So I've always been crafty and into arts and crafts when I was young. And when I got older, my crafts were sort of just mostly about card making or maybe a little bit of sewing. Um, My sister and some of her friends, they were into the traditional scrapbooking, like 12 by 12 layouts. And we would occasionally meet up to do some crafting together. Um, Usually during these sessions, I worked on some mini albums since I was single and I had been traveling a lot. Um, and I liked the ability just to do something with my photos and the stuff that I collected from my travels. Uh, but I didn't—I I was really resisting traditional scrapbooking because I just maybe I just didn't know how to do it. Like I, you took one photo, one or two photos, and you wrote a little bit of words, and then you put some stuff. I just didn't—I didn't get it at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And then the kind of the the person, one of the girls in the group, she introduced me to pocket page scrap, scrap- ah, Pocket page scrapbooking. Um, and I thought, oh, that's actually interesting because it seems like there's more of a formula, like you can just slip the pictures and the cards into a pocket, into pockets. Um, I understand how to do that, um, but I still didn't touch it for a while. And then maybe a year or two after my daughter was born, and then at that point, um, everything was changing just so fast. And I was taking all these pictures and I knew that I wanted a way to document all these things that were happening that were so new. And so I turned quickly over to pocket page scrapbooking. And that's how I got my start.
0: I love that. You know, I think these big milestones in life, like weddings and babies are often the times that trigger us to start scrapbooking, but there is that intimidation factor. I've been recording a lot of episodes this week and this has been mentioned multiple times in, oh, really? in people's stories that they they saw it as an outsider but couldn't quite figure out how do you do that and like right. how does this all come together to make something that looks, you know, so pretty and it can't be that hard, but if you don't know, then you don't know. So I think mm-hmm. that's a, a common... And, um, challenge for beginners.
1: Right. And at that point, I had also, you know, searched the internet and I found Aliad Edwards and Kelly Perky yep. and at like the end of two piece in a bucket. Um, and then I saw that there were lots of people making such beautiful pages. And then I got sort of sucked in. and started following some of these people I got on Instagram and <laughs> the rest is history, I guess.
0: <laughs> for sure. So you really got into pocket pages and has your hobby evolved since that time?
1: Um, I still do pocket pages. I would say that now that Traveler's Notebooks have become more popular, I've been doing more of that. I really like that size for doing some smaller mini albums. I've got a handful of um, unfinished mini albums in that size. Like I like them for travel albums, um, mostly. Um, but I still haven't really ever, I haven't done much of like 12 by 12 layouts. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess I've, and I've I've mostly done pocket pages, but just changing up the size sometimes. But other than that, it hasn't, hasn't totally changed that much.
0: Yeah. So how would you describe your style overall? And do you have any advice for others who are trying to find their own style?
1: I would probably describe my style as being pretty clean and maybe more on the minimal side. Um, It's hard for me to um, I can appreciate these pages, but it's hard for me to put more product on the page than less. It, when I start putting more stuff on it, it looks just cluttered to me and I don't like it. So I'll end up like taking stuff off. Um, I love stamping. And so I, I like using those probably as my main embellishment. I like playing around with the stamps, seeing what I can do with them, trying to use them in creative ways, ways. Um, as for trying, giving advice to people who are trying to find their own style. um, I think the internet is a great source of inspiration. There's so many people with so many different types of styles, um, showing their pages. Uh, and I would just try to, you know, emulate some of those styles that you like and see if it works for you. Um, you'll, you'll see what sticks, you know, and doesn't. Oh,
0: for sure. Now I'm curious, um, if you're growing passion for photography has influenced your style or maybe even just further cemented
1: your minimalism but has it have things kind of shifted there I think I think it's starting to a little bit because I mean I like I said I think I'm kind of more on the minimal side and now I kind of want the emphasis to be really on the photos like sometimes I take a photo that I think is really nice like it's a landscape photo right and I just don't want to put anything on it maybe one sticker or a stamp and that's it um whereas before I would have you know, like journaled over it or added some big die cut to, I don't know, to hide some things that I didn't like in the photo. So definitely. Oh, interesting. And I think it's, it's always so fascinating
0: how the various as we grow our skills in different parts of the hobby, whether it's in writing better stories or taking more interesting photos or photos of more white space, um, or even, you know, practicing how to use different products, it will shift. Even if our fundamental style is the same, it shifts how we're expressing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. For sure. So how do you stay motivated to create? Are you someone that kind of ebbs and flows or are you really consistent with the,
1: the creativity that you're able to, to accomplish? Well, definitely ebbs and flows um, for me, I would say, well, I'm, so I've been very fortunate to be on design teams for uh, most of the time that I've been scrapbooking. And so having a deadline forces me to get layouts done since, you know, there's always mm-hmm. stuff for me to work on in the backlog. Um, I would say sometimes it starts with the products since I have products sent to me every month. And so I'll look at the products and think about what stories can I tell with these products. Um yeah, so that's that's usually how it works for me.
0: Well, yeah, we've heard that from many guests as well. That, <laughs> that one of the reasons they appreciate design team work is because of the deadlines, and it really just they need that source of external accountability. And you know, we do the same thing inside of our membership, um, trying to provide that with deadlines and live sessions and things like that, just because it it makes a difference uh, versus being only accountable to yourself and these self-imposed deadlines which sometimes we can
1: skip over right I I, uh, I hope I can be on design teams for like while I scrapbook because otherwise I'm just not I I don't know like I need I need somebody to push me to create every month yes yes for sure So it
0: was just perfect serendipity that we are in our photos journey right now at Simple Scrapper. This is a two-month period where we're exploring a topic. And so your increasing interest in photography fits well. (laughs) And I'm curious if you have like a favorite tip related to taking photos or photo editing or making them pop that you'd like to include.
1: Um, Well, I would say when taking photos, I would suggest taking them in different orientations. So I would take them in both landscape and portrait, um, if you can remember, because sometimes I'll run into a problem where I only took it in one orientation and then I want to use it, but it doesn't exactly fit, um, the size doesn't fit the page. Uh, So I'll have to maybe crop it in some creative way in Photoshop. So it's helpful if you can um, take the photo in both orientations. Um, Another tip would just be to crop your photos. I mean, it's, it sounds so basic, but um, I think cropping can really highlight the subject of a photo or can sometimes just make for a more interesting composition.
0: Yes. for sure. Uh,
1: yeah. For photo editing, I use Lightroom and Photoshop. Um, I would probably none of my photos are straight from the camera. I just mostly I do some basic corrections like adjusting the white balance or just tilting the image because apparently I can't take photos on a straight line. Um, so, so I always apply some sort of basic corrections to all my photos.
0: I can't take photos on a straight line either. Even if it appears straight somehow, it's never straight straight for me. I've
1: gotten better, but it's like almost never straight. I mean, I even turned on the grid lines in my, on my camera, but I don't know. Somehow Uh when I'm there, I'm just pressing the button and it's a little bit crooked. Yes, for sure.
0: And the tip about taking different orientations is so important because I think there's this tendency, especially as our phones have gotten so much bigger, it's more natural and easier to hold them in this portrait mode. Right. And now with like TikTok and stories and all that, like there's all these things that are encouraging us to take things in portrait mode. Right. But, you know, for a long time, both photos <laughs> were landscape. And yes. so we have to actually move our hands and change it to uh, to, to take the photo differently. and. That will be your natural four by six size too. So
1: yeah, yeah. And I would say another tip is just to take the same photo from different angles. Like you can try taking it from the ground or maybe from above or maybe further back, you know, move yourself. Don't just like take it with the phone or the camera right at, you know, your, Mm -hmm. your eye level. I think you can sometimes find some interesting compositions that way too. Yes, for sure. For sure. So, kind of
0: going a little bit deeper into some of the things you're loving and scrapbooking right now. Um, you mentioned that you're like you're wholeheartedly into pocket pages, uh, but what sizes are you
1: using with pocket pages these days? So, these days, about two years ago, I um, switched from twelve by twelve to nine by twelve, and I'm really loving that. I um, I used to also do po- uh, project life weekly, but I've changed it to biweekly. Um, and so I, I love it because it's just a little bit smaller and it allows me to stay up to date. I, when I was doing 12 by 12, I I liked it. I had a lot of room to write a bunch of stories, but I was never caught up. I mean, I still have gaps in like 2016 and 2017 because they're just not done. But last year was the first year I completed project life, um, which is kind of sad because I've been doing it since 2016. Um, Yeah. Sorry. What was the other question? Are you just talking about the four? That was it. You answered (laughs) it. But I I am
0: curious, um, which type of, what style of nine by 12 divided page protector do you like? Do
1: you like have a preference that you, your, is kind of your go-to? I don't know what they're called. I I think it's just, I I feel like it's the most um, basic one where it's got the four, two, four by six landscape orientation photos on the top. And the bottom, and then the rest of them are three by four portrait orientation okay. yeah. ones. Um, sometimes I use the, um, I think it's like nine three by fours, but I end up just buying the page con- page protector configuration that I mentioned uh, first because then I can just like tape the two um, three by fours together if I want to do oh. like nine by nine three by fours. If that makes yes, sense, yes, a
0: hundred percent. I've been playing a lot recently with the ones that have six total pockets that have three four by six and then three three by fours. And so I was just curious because,
1: you know, there
0: seems to be more configurations. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes. I've seen that there are more configurations um, and I haven't played with too many of them yet. Um, It would be interesting. But for me, like my brain just works a certain way and it's it makes it just faster because I know what to put in each of the pockets. Um, oh, yeah. so, so, I mean, it it yeah, I, I know like for 12 by 12, when I switched up the pocket configuration a few times, I, it, it took me a while just because I didn't know, well, what should I put here? Like, like I tried, um, a couple of these configurations that had three by three cards and I just, I was kind of stuck for a while. Like, well, what do I do here? <laughs> but I mean, eventually I got it and it was interesting to try. Yeah. It seemed like for a while
0: things, there might be more three by three and four by four products like square seemed like it was having a
1: moment and mm-hmm. then it just disappeared. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's actually just hard to print th- uh three by three or just square, yes. right? Because most of that, like I print mostly on four by six photo paper. So it's just, I feel like I'm wasting paper all the time if I do square orientation. Yeah. So speaking of that, let's dig into your
0: process a little bit more. So, how do you, when you're working in a pocket
1: page spread, how do you get started with it, with your page? Um, so first I always start with the photos. I mean, I import all of my photos into Lightroom and then as I'm looking through them, I will immediately tag some of the photos that I know that I would like to use in pocket pages or project life. Um, some of them I know are for um, mini books. So I have a lot of like ongoing travel books. So I'll tag those as well. And then eventually when I like for a specific trip, I might put those in a different collection. Um, and then I would say, because again, I'm, you know, the, uh, because the, I get pro- new products every month, I'll look at the products that I have and then think, well, what kind of stories can I tell with these products? Um, so that I'll go back into, into um, Lightroom and check out my tags and see if any of those um, photos would go with any of the products. Um, okay. So you're kind of looking
0: for a, like a serendipitous match between, okay, here's my photos. You're staying kind of up to date with processing Right. you got new products and then, okay, where can we, you know, have some sparks fly and make something new and fun.
1: Right. And, and usually that's, I don't have a problem finding anything that matches in that way. Um, I, I have plenty of, like I said, I have plenty of things in the backlog to work on. Um, but so in terms of, the process also i'm i'm just kind of a planner i have a hard time like gluing things down and like moving things around so i do a lot of things digitally if i have any sort of digital files ahead of time i might like like mock them up in photoshop a little bit just so i can see what it looks like for me it's just it's it's easier to look at on a screen versus on i don't know physically and then only then like when i am good with how it looks then i'll actually print out the photos and start moving things around and, and, uh, put everything together.
0: I've heard, I've heard that, uh, anybody who is kind of slightly more digitally inclined, they like to do more of that mock-up and really lean on that to, to pre-plan to make the decision making a little bit less intimidating because you don't have to, to stick anything down in the beginning.
1: Right. I mean, I, I do have to remind myself, because I have some anxiety about like gluing things down. Like if you mess up, it's okay. You can reprint the photo, you know, you can, you can take things, you can cut this sticker off and reuse it. It's okay. Like (laughs) I have to give myself a little pep talk sometimes.
0: Now is your journaling all hybrid typed up or do you do any handwriting? I do both. Um,
1: I guess, you know, I think typing is, uh, I can fit more words on the page if I type it. So, um, and sometimes that's faster. So I just will type, I'll type probably most of the time, but I also like including my handwriting. I think it's nice to look at old journals and, you know, I wrote that, or, you know, maybe one day my daughter will look at some of these things and she'll appreciate that. that, Oh, that's my mom's handwriting. So I like to mix it up. I love that too.
0: So shifting gears here, what type of products are just totally your jam right now? Like What colors, um,
1: manufacturers, who do you lean towards? So um, Christine from Everyday Explorers, she just released this um, really cool mini book kit subscription. And I've been really loving that right now. Um, The first one that she released was in April, I think this year. And it was uh, the theme was places. And so I just recently completed that little mini book. It's like a four by six book. And um, I filled it with all the places that my husband and I traveled to before our daughter was born. Um, and it was just a really fun project to put together and it was pretty fast. Um, and it was something that I never thought I would document, you know, like, but now that I've done it, I'm like, oh, it's actually pretty cool. Um, so I have really been liking that, like she has a different theme every month. And so this month I think is, um, just a currently type of, um, theme. So what, you know, what's currently going on in your life. And so I've been sort of making pages about, uh, about June in, in my life with my family. Oh, that's super fun. I
0: like kind of the mismatch the I like the mix and match of maybe some more retrospective storytelling with some more present day storytelling too. Totally. Super fun. Yeah, I love her products as well. So let's talk about organization a little bit. You mentioned that you're using Lightroom. Are you using the cloud version or the
1: classic version? I'm using the classic version. Um it's just some I've just been using it for years and so I'm pretty familiar with that. I don't even know what the difference is between the classic and the cloud though. I just figure that your photos are stored on the cloud. Is that the difference? (laughs) I
0: don't know. Well, the apps are actually a little bit different. Do you use the Lightroom mobile app at all?
1: I don't. I've, um, I was recently watching, uh, I think it was like the Allie Edwards, one of the story chats maybe, and somebody mentioned it and I thought, oh, I should look into that, but I haven't, I haven't looked at it yet.
0: Yeah. I will send you a link because I have a, i'm just tooting my own horn here i have a video that shows my process oh. of taking taking a photo with in my you know on my phone mm-hmm. and the lightroom app automatically slurps it up and then mm-hmm. i'll see it on my computer moments later in Lightroom oh Classic. that's
1: cool oh um, yeah yeah i'm gonna watch that it's,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's super fun uh and just makes everything even easier and i also have the lightroom app on my husband's phone Mm -hmm. and so i can just open the app and it slurps up his photos and i can see them too so i don't have to like figure out how to get his photos yes um i don't hesitate to just say hey give me your phone because i I need to take a photo in a pinch i know i can get it really easily so
1: yeah yeah that could that could be a game changer for me i mean because most of the time like hey can i can i borrow your photo for a few hours so i can like you know download the any interesting photos from there
0: Yes, so that, for sure, yeah. and I do like delete a lot of his photos because he takes <laughs> photos of like the grocery store. Like, is it? Do you want this salsa or this salsa? Type of <laughs> right. thing? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I will obviously not just send you the link, but include the link <laughs> in the show notes for our listeners as sure. well, mm-hmm. um, and to just kind of you know give a bigger picture perspective on Lightroom Classic versus Cloud. Classic has. Uh, a lot of additional features. It has a print module, which is awesome for creating like photo collages, even as simple as like just the two up three by four on a four by six. Okay, uh, you could even technically even mock up your whole project life page in there if you wanted. Oh, um, and then there's a there's a photo book module, and I mean there's even a website module. I've never used that one, but it has like additional features beyond just what. The, the 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 cloud version which is what the app is and there's just an app now called Lightroom which is the cloud version and it does store all your fo- original photos in the cloud versus just referencing them on your computer okay. so they are quite different but the ecosystems kind of intersect with each other and uh, who knows where it's going to go in the future but for now mm-hmm. they are maintaining them side by side as kind of sister programs. Right. So, oh that's cool I'm definitely going to check it out yeah, and if you're already a Lightroom lover, then just going to the next step there of adding <laughs> some parts to your system shouldn't be too bad either. Mm-hmm. So, what about your supplies? Um, how much do you have coming in? Do you purchase things in addition to receiving things as part of your design team work? Um,
1: so, I have a lot coming in because currently I'm on two design teams, and then I'm also an affiliate for Paper Person, which is Kelly Perky's shop. So, she sends me some things every month um sometimes it's overwhelming i have to say but i do try to um use the products and then like you know for some projects for the next month and then i try to figure out what i'm going to do with them am i going to keep them am i going to donate them to a friend um those are usually the two options but i don't have a dedicated room or a lot of space for all these supplies so i try to quickly um either purge them or um, just sort of store them in my one bookshelf that I have for that stuff.
0: Well, you know, that's a really important point there is that it's not necessarily that we need more space for our stuff. Sometimes we just need, you know, habits surrounding how we use the stuff mm-hmm. so that we don't need the extra space for it. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure you might want a bigger space, but sure, you know, I think there's also a lot of scrapbookers who have jam packed full rooms with decades of supplies that maybe wish they could have what you have and and also the, the habit of just making sure that things are being used
1: or, you know, being let go of. Right. I mean, I would definitely say that, um, I've improved on some of this, some of these habits, like you're saying, um, during the time that I've been scrapbooking, um, at the beginning when I was you know, doing layouts for project life. And I was looking back, you know, three months, six months, I couldn't remember some of the journaling or I'd have to look at a picture and try to remember. And so then I thought, well, I need to be better about putting my journaling in one place so that I can look it up later or, you know, figure out what's going on in this photo. And so one of the things that, um, I did there was I started journaling on my computer in Evernote and then I put like the dates and everything. And so it's, it's pretty organized now. And then every, at the end of every week, I tried to look at these, um, these files that I've created for the week just to make sure that there's some information there in case I want to go back and document that week. So the process oh, has I become a lot easier. Yeah.
0: Well, and just the, the more you use a system, the more it, it becomes one and it becomes this, this home for whatever it is you're using it for. And I love the idea of having a lot of oh, your journaling in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you use the Evernote app on your phone as well, then, or just on the computer?
1: When I'm typing, I don't like to type too much on my phone is just, I just prefer a keyboard. Um, so when I'm journaling, I usually do it at my, um, computer, but I will use the app like just to do other stuff or just some quick notes. I I will do that.
0: Yeah. I was thinking it might be handy like when you're traveling, but it depends right. on if, how, how how rugged you're going and maybe you are bringing yes. your computer with you and sometimes right. not. So but, like uh, this
1: year, like uh, let's see, the last trip that we did was to Utah um, a couple of months ago and there was no cell reception and I didn't bring my computer because we were camping. So a lot of it was just done on the notes app in my phone because I knew that that was reliable and I didn't need any internet connection for that.
0: Oh, hundred percent. I think that I think the notes app is a superstar for so many
1: reasons. <laughs> it's so basic, but it works.
0: No, for sure. And I've like heard people like, oh, I write blog posts there and I, wow. I prep for whatever there. And, you know, just it's, it's there and you can access it easily. Um, I use Google keep just because it is mm-hmm. synced to the cloud and I can get to it in the browser too, if I need it, mm-hmm. but it's basically just another notes app. Right. Um, it's so handy. Yeah. All right, maybe looking big picture here, what do you think is the biggest lesson learned from your
1: scrapbooking experience? Um, hmm. Maybe that done is better than perfect. I don't know, maybe other people have said that too, but I really love going back to look uh, and looking at the pages that I've completed or the albums, like the travel albums that I've completed. I think it's really fun to go back and relive some of those memories and just to see what was happening during those times. Um, Sometimes I freak out when like I'm doing a project for a design team and there are like mistakes, but you know, in the end, It doesn't matter. Like, I don't care that much. Like, I I just want to look at the pages later and, you know, look at those beautiful photos and read what I wrote. Um, Maybe that's the biggest lesson.
0: No, you know, that is so true, because I sometimes will agonize over that as well, because I do a lot of hybrid journaling, but Mm -hmm. there's almost always a typo. Oh, and yeah. I can't I can't see it. Everyone else sees it. Like, <laughs> right. hey, Jennifer, do you realize there's a typo on your page? Like, no, I don't, because I can't see them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's hard. You wrote it, right? And you're probably looking yeah. at it, um, you know, more often than everybody else is. And so, yeah, the same thing happens to me. Like, I'll post it on Instagram, and then I'll look at it later. And I'm like, hey, I spelled this thing wrong. That is so embarrassing. And it bugs me,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I oh well. But you're right. Okay. In in 5 years and 10 years you don't care. You're just glad that you took the time to get that memory documented and that you right. stayed connected to your stories along the way. Exactly. So Jen, thank you so much. I love your style, the clean, minimalist look. is just so much my jam, and I appreciate uh, the things that you create and the way that you create them. You are a featured artist for July. Our creative team has made some amazing pages inspired by your work for our upcoming issue of Spark Magazine, which by the time uh, this episode comes out, we'll be releasing on uh, the 8th that Wednesday of that first week in July. So super excited to see that and to celebrate you uh, during that month at Simple Scrapper. Well, I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. If you like the podcast, you'll love being a member. When you join, you'll get access to weekly Zoom crops, bi-monthly retreats, and a huge content library. You can head over to simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our creative community.